what are the most pressing issues um, in affordable housing today? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, unfortunately, one of our biggest challenges is around family housing. So we've got a ton of families coming to our city thinking, you know, oh, you know, from a job point of view, but really, if you come to Calgary, you should not come unless you have a place to live. So I was presenting, a, speaking at a conference and uh, at a hotel and one of the servers here in Calgary came up to me after and she said, oh, I heard what you're talking about. My husband works two jobs. We have two kids. I work here part time. My rent just got increased from 1200 to 2500 can you help me? And so, so I, I gave her some referrals, but at the end of the day, right now in Calgary, the supply is what it is. And yeah. so if, you know, if like that family could very well end up homeless, um, you know, if they, if they can't make their rent work or, or if they're not ending up homeless, they're making very difficult decisions. Like what, mm. what are they cutting back on? Is it, you yeah. know, food, is, you know, something's got to get right. There's only so much money. So I think right now, um, unfortunately, that one of the biggest issues in our city is around families. Oh, and finding affordable places to live. Welcome to the Mastering Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Sarbit. Join me as we delve into candid conversations with industry experts to uncover their strategies and insights for achieving success in property management. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, let's elevate your property management skills together. Hi, everybody. I'm Jared Sarbit. This is Mastering Property Management. Today, I have the honor to have Bernadette Majdell with me. Uh, she's a CEO of Homespace, who's a, a local nonprofit. Is that right, Bernadette? In, here, right. In Calgary, here in Calgary. Um, Bernadette, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, who you are, your experiences, uh, what you've gone through to get here. Um, you know, you could start, go back as far as you want. Uh, talk about some of the milestones that got you into this position as a CEO of Homespace. And then tell us more about Homespace and what Homespace does. Sure. So um, I'm originally from Nova Scotia and, um, you know, just pretty modest upbringing. Uh, moved to Calgary, very different economic environment. Um, along the way, worked in uh, financial services for a bit. And then really my housing career started with Canada Mortgage and Housing. Um, did a number of different jobs there and then went over to their affordable housing team um, and really started to work in the affordable housing space. Um, after leaving CMHC, I went into the seniors care um, sector. And so again, with this housing and care side and then uh, a bit on the construction piece too. And meanwhile, I sat on the board at the Calgary Homeless Foundation as well as was part of the 10-year plan to end homelessness. And I think that's really where my passion for uh, affordable and vulnerable housing kind of was ignited. And then um, from the board, uh, when Homespace was formed, was asked to come and join the team here uh, as we launched this new organization of Homespace. And so, you know, really my drive in, in this space is around, I firmly believe that nobody can be successful in life if they don't have safe, secure housing. And so whatever got you to needing affordable housing or permanent supportive housing or housing with supports, you cannot change your circumstance if you don't have a safe place to live. And I think that's fundamentally what drives me kind of every day in our work. Right. So at Homespace, we're essentially a nonprofit housing developer and property manager. So we develop and then own and operate affordable and permanent supportive housing and specialized housing throughout the city of Calgary. Our unique space is that we target the most vulnerable. So anybody that is underserved or um, uh, exiting homelessness or that have fallen through the cracks in some way, that's who we target. We only do real estate. 
We don't do any client support. So we work with agencies throughout the city. So we currently have 25 agency partners that provide all the supports in our buildings. So it really allows the sector to efficient, uh, efficiently run so that everybody does what they do best. Amazing. And, and how many properties do you have in your portfolio? We currently have 33 properties, wow. um, ranging from duplexes, fourplexes, all the way up to our largest building was an office to residential conversion at 82 units downtown Calgary. Amazing. Incredible. Um, so so your, your mission is, is you know, to, to help re, uh, reduce poverty, is that right? Or homelessness in Calgary, is that right? Or, you know, what, what is your ultimate goal and, and purpose with, with HomeSpace? You know, our our vision as an organization is a home for everyone in our community. Yeah. And that doesn't only mean, you know, uh, high income. It really means for those that you see living on the streets who are underserved. Um, a lot of our portfolio is what we call permanent supportive housing. Hmm. So it's for those exiting homelessness, often struggling with mental health and addiction, and often have other medical complications. Yeah. And those buildings are 24-7 staffed so that there's uh, staff, social workers on site providing human services 24-7. Wow. Uh, I, I imagine there's a ton of challenges. Like It's really unique you know, d demographic that you're, you're dealing with. Can you describe some of the unique challenges and opportunities you've encountered you know, managing a multitude of properties um, when dealing with affordable housing? You know, I think it's um, general affordable housing, I think probably has very similar challenges as to, to market uh, property management mm -hmm. in that, you know, it's the turnovers, it's, you know, uh, in this environment, inflation, cost, cost escalations, those pieces. You know, when we're dealing with a more vulnerable population that have complex challenges, we can see, you know, I think on the expense side is probably one of our biggest challenges. Um, it's also frontline work. Um, you know, we've got uh, maintenance teams and housing um, liaison teams that are our frontline. And, you know, as we come out uh, on the other side of COVID, you have a, a team that's dealing with kind of enhanced mental health. Um, the level of addiction in our city right now is off the charts and and the type of addiction is really um uh, unpredictable behavior so you've got a frontline team that that's working in that environment and then it's just really trying to to navigate this really uh complex population is really yeah. probably one of our unique yeah. challenges yeah i know i bet i bet what are some of the key considerations when developing and managing properties of low-income individuals and families? You know, I think for us, you know, again, I, I think there's two sides to our portfolio. It's not only, I don't think the considerations are any different when it comes to kind of general low-income affordable housing options or where the main entrance into units is poverty. I, I think those are very similar. In those cases, I think the biggest challenge is around just managing costs because we're not charging market rents. You know, in, in this inflationary environment, our market providers are doubling rents in some situation to manage their costs and to increase their profits. We're a nonprofit, so we can't, our rents are usually 20 to 40% below market. So that puts us in some really interesting challenges from a cost management point of view. So that would be like our kind of our mainstream affordable um, housing where poverty is, I would yeah. say, the main issue. Yeah. When you're talking about our more complex 
um, uh, populations where, you know, again, where there's mental health and addiction, 24-7 staff, really, you know, the opportunities there around uh, design. So we're making sure we're designing it with enough common space where we're really building community in the building, where we've got space for on-site 24-7 staff and, and support services. So I would say the unique part of that part of our portfolio is really around um, design and making sure we're designing for, you know, long-term sustainability for uh, managing maintenance costs, like the products we use. Um, some of those pieces are, are some of the big considerations for us. Gotcha. I, I imagine there's a lot of difficult, I mean, you see a lot of difficult things and I imagine the problem seems almost ever, never, never achievable to solve, you know, homelessness and addiction and, you know, it's a never ending battle, but, I also imagine there's a lot of success uh, along the way as well. Um, can you can you tell me a little bit about like what are some of the greatest successes that you know you've seen through home space and what, what are some things that you're really proud of? You know, I think uh, to be honest, I'm proud of the work we do every day. Yeah. Um, right now, my key message around the work we do is we don't know the journey that brought people to us. And I think that that's been my biggest learning um, coming into this role. I met one of our residents who was a high powered um, female executive. Um, she was supposed to go on vacation with her husband and kids for the weekend and she couldn't get away. They went without her and they were in a tragic car accident and passed away. Oh, and so God. from there she, you know, started drinking and got into drugs and addiction, lost her job, lost her housing. And so, you know, that, that was her journey. And I think, you know, the, we never know somebody's story and the, the trauma that they may have experienced or, or what happened to them that brought them to needing a safe place. Um, so I think for us, the success is every day. It's housing people that were, who haven't been housed for years. And, you know, one of my favorite stories is um, a resident that worked with us and uh, we wanted to share his story because he'd lived with us for quite a while and was really stable. He was um, in recovery. He, you know, just really stable and, and such a, a big support system to other residents in our building. So we said to him, we said, well, we won't use your name. Um, we just, we just want to tell your story. Hmm. And he said to us, he's like, I want you to use my name because oh. for the first time in a long time, I have a name. He said, when you live on the streets, you don't have a name. You go, wow. you have your street name. Wow. And so I'm proud to be able to use my name and to have people who only call me by my name. They did. They didn't know who I was previously. And so wow. I think it's it's those kinds of stories that we see every day when people are successfully housed and have a place where, you know, they can close the door behind them at the end of the day and just and feel safe. And I think that that's not the case for a lot of people in our city. Wow, that's that's incredibly powerful, um, giving an identity to a person who who felt like maybe he had no identity before and it probably felt like his not much meaning in his life. Um, and for you to for you to give him that purpose and meaning and recognition must have been such a special like you're literally saving lives. Um, that's that's amazing. Amazing. Um, as you know, I, you know, we, we clean many of your properties, uh, here in Calgary. Um, and so, you know, I know that they're, they're very well maintained and, and taken, you know, really well care of a lot of them are new and, you know, beautiful properties. Um, so, you know, balancing cost effectiveness with your property maintenance is, is critical. How do you and your team prioritize upgrades and repairs to ensure long-term value for both owners and the, and, and, you know, the residents in the building? Yeah, you know, I think when it comes to our properties, we're, it's one of the advantages of being a 
pure property management ownership company is that we do have a fairly sizable uh, replacement reserve and a capital plan. Um, you know, our probably one of our biggest challenges is around our older properties and you know, in this space where, you know, they've been established in neighborhoods and do we renovate, do we redevelop, do we sell, um, just like regular property management companies. But when you've got these complex populations um, and if we're and if our neighbors like us, which isn't always the case, then it's, yeah. you know, we, we hesitate to do anything major with our buildings. But, you know, we just we have a capital plan that goes out. Um, it's a rolling three year plan. Um, you know, for sometimes there's funding programs that allow us to add extra money into that, but it's really around um, the same process as any other uh, property management company, really. It's a, assessing your assets and what's needed when, and yeah. and that's kind of our, our regular stuff. We also are very fortunate to have um, a number of community volunteers. Like we just worked with um, uh, Rumi, which is a subsidiary of ADCO, who they had 70 volunteers come out and completely painted an entire building uh, before turnover. And so that saved us huge costs. So we're very fortunate when we've got volunteers um, step up saying we've got teams of people who want to come help, yeah. you know, our spring cleanups and stuff like that. But also, you know, um, it's working with good partners. So on our regular, um, our day-to-day -day operations versus our capital plans, like we have a, an incredible group of partners, um, like your organization that shows up every day and, and make sure that our properties are well kept. Because for us, it's it's twofold. One, Again, I believe that regardless of your journey to home space, you deserve a beautiful place to live. And that's one of the biggest the things I find most interesting when we open a brand new building is people are like, oh, my gosh, it's so nice. I was like, yeah, of course, it's nice. <laughs> you know, that, it, yeah. it should be nice. Yeah. Um, but also uh, it just for our residents who've lived there a long time, if they see us caring about the property and, you know, whether it's our day-to-day -day cleaning or weekly cleaning, or if it's capital improvements like painting common spaces, and they feel that they should take care of their space as well. Totally. So I think it's, you know, it's part of the, the circle of property management. That, that makes a lot of sense. That reminds me of the, um, have you heard of the broken window effect? Um, I think yeah. Malcolm, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell wrote about it uh, yeah. in the New York subway system where, you know, I, I can't remember the years, but the, the New York subway system was a disaster. You know, there was uh, graffiti everywhere and garbage yeah. on the floors. And um, so they invest heavily in cleaning the space up and removing all the graffiti and removing all the garbage. And they saw that crime went significantly down when they did that. And people just maintained the place way better and they were able yeah. to maintain it at a higher level. And, that yeah, made, that and made, just, yeah, the same applies. Yeah, so. that, yeah. Awesome. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, very cool. What are some of the technologies um, that you use? Like, does technology play a big role in in home space property management efforts? Um, are there any innovative tools or you know solutions that you have found that particularly help quite a bit? No, not not really. I mean, you know, well, for me recently, um, AI is my big thing. Like in terms of just um, you know, and, but that's me personally at my level. Like just in terms of you know strategic planning. If I'm struggling with stuff, like I just. AI is my my new best friend. Like ChatGPT is uh, yeah. where I spend a you know time in if I'm struggling with creating emails or you know yeah. press releases or stuff yeah. like that. So that's kind of uh, something that's making my life easier these days. But I think from an organization, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, property management advancements that we're not necessarily taking advantage of. Like we probably, so Yardy is our main platform mm. as a property manager and we probably use 
every unique aspect of Yardi um, that to, to make our lives easier. But when it comes to kind of some of the more advanced technology in the property management space, it's a bit more challenging because our resident, the profile of our residents aren't the same as market profile residents in terms of, you know, like making our buildings smart or, you know, some of those, some of those elements, it's, it's very, it's a little bit different. So unfortunately we haven't gotten to a space yet where I found some of the technologies that are market property management um, are taking advantage of. We're not there yet, but, you know, I think every year we try to get a little bit closer to that. And, you know, even, um, even our most complex residents are, you know, the, everyone's got a phone and, and stuff like that. But it just, yeah, we're, we haven't really benefited yet from a lot of the, the new um, technologies and property management. It makes a lot of sense. I see that in my business too, you know, often in the janitorial world, they're, the cleaners aren't, you know, as savvy off, you know, often in, in that technology. So we, you know, we ask them to use this stuff sometimes and they just, you know, they just don't want to implement it. And so yeah. hopefully at one point the technology gets so easy that it's like just so intuitive that it just can be implemented. But I, I understand that completely. Um, yeah, it's going to totally take over the world. AI is going to like they're reading your yeah, mind and they're going to. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it's, it's scary, isn't it? Did you see that? Uh, totally. Elon Musk, uh, like I think, what did you call it? Like the, you can put the cloud in your head. and Yeah, you know, exactly. You your, your thoughts. Scary stuff. <laughs> so, uh, awesome. Um, all right. So um, are there any um, upcoming projects or initiatives that Homespace is, is uh, working on that the listeners should be excited about? So we've got a new building under construction right now on 12th Avenue and Center Street North, which uh, we're super excited about. Um, we've got some new, you know, agency partners. Um, our big campaign that we do, you know, you talked about capital, uh, capital work is, um, launching in December and we're doing, um, it's adopted door. So it really contributes to our, uh, capital renovations, um, which is unique because typically we're, you know, fundraising for big giant projects. Mm. Um, this one's just, you know, smaller, smaller donations. And it really, wow. we tried to marry on like what a donation looks like in terms of mm. if you give this much money this is what we can do with it so that's yeah. kind of our big our once a year just coming into the into the christmas holiday season um that we that's our big campaign uh we're look you know we're constantly looking at uh, other projects probably the the most challenging one that we've ever taken on um after our, we did the office to residential conversion is we're looking for a site right now to do what we're calling high support, permanent supportive housing. So this would be for our most complex in our city. So it's the people who you see downtown um, on the streets, um, you know, physical health, mental health, addictions. Uh, and it's a very specialized build, uh, which means the site selection has to be fairly unique in terms of the location, access to services and transit for, you know, staff and stuff like that. But it's, it's really... Um, you know, more like a special care facility. Uh, so that's, that's our current project, um, which, wow. uh, which will be super challenging, mostly on site selection and construction. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, you know, but it's, I think one of our most important projects in the city, one for those people who are living on the streets and who quite honestly will likely die there if we don't do this. But also because of, you know, we hear all the time about downtown safety and uh, all of those pieces. So it's it's a multi-layered project. But that's our that's our most um, most exciting one that we're working on right now. Wow, that, that is incredible. And do you, do you have a target date of when that will be complete or? 
We're hoping within the next couple of years. I mean, yeah. we're we're deep into site selection right now. Okay. It'll probably be, you know, like an 18 month build. So okay. as soon as we're hoping to find a site and get all of that work done through the winter and, and hopefully, you know, being the ground kind of next summer would be ideal. Amazing. Amazing. Collaboration is, is you know, key in nonprofit and, and housing sectors. Um, you know, I know that you do a ton of collaboration, w- you know, with, with uh, different, you know, like the Alex House and there's many other not coming to my mind right now. But um, can you um, discuss any, any partnerships or collaboration that Homespace has established, you know, to further its mission? You know, it, it's really everywhere for us. This is definitely work that nobody can do on their own. So, you know, on, on the big level, like the big picture side, it's, you know, the city of Calgary, who's been, you know, we just came through the passing of their affordable housing strategy, which was way harder than it should have been. Um, so they're big supporters of our work. Um, the provincial government, the federal government, both on funding, but also on just, um, you know, uh, advocating for housing. And even when it came to the city's affordable housing strategy, the province was weighing in on it. The feds were weighing in on it. So, you know, those are kind of our, our big picture. And then uh, locally, it's like our donors. It's our, our partners like you guys. It's, yeah. you know, our agencies that provide the supports in our building. So for us, it's definitely, you know, we cannot do this alone and, and we collaborate at every single level we can. And even to create efficiencies, like, you know, we're trying to, uh, promote our partners with um, like our business partners with our agency partners. So, you know, from saying, Hey, Picture Perfect is amazing. You should work for them. Our, we work with this insurance broker and they've done a really good job for us and just trying to, you know, save costs and create efficiencies. Cause I think, you know, in, especially in this economic environment, we have to work together. Yeah. Um, and we all have the same goal. Like there's, Totally. Right now in this space, there's enough work to go around and we don't, yeah. home space doesn't have to do it all. I think we, we've got our role to play, but so do our partners. So I think for us, it's, um, you know, collaboration and efficiency is our kind of our, our mandate, um, especially in the next coming years. Brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I imagine um, it is one of those, you know, like everyone lifts each other up in this, in this circumstance and it, it takes it takes a lot of hands and a lot of, a lot of support. There's um, as, as a CEO, I can only imagine how, how you know, you, you must have so many different relationships and to manage those, you, you must rely a lot on your team to, to manage a lot of those relationships, I can only imagine. Um, yeah, you know, we have, I think, the best team in the business, like our, yeah. you know, everyone is so unique and and does completely different roles. But I think that uh, together, you know, we're definitely greater than the sum of our parts and everyone is um so unique and and the team that we have here it they do such incredible work and show up every day for each other and and for the people we serve which is you know all you can ever ask for as a leader totally i can i can vouch for that in, in my experience with the, with home space as well um and um how, how big of a team do you have by the way uh do you do you know we're up to 28 you? now okay yeah yeah Amazing. yeah and we've got a couple more postings that are out so yeah it's wow. um constantly growing but as you know you know and it's more on the frontline side with our property management team because you know you can create efficiencies on the on the back end with yes. you know accounting and, and some of that stuff but you can't there's only so many volume so much volume that a maintenance right. uh a maintenance tech can can handle at one time so right. yeah our, our our biggest growth now is on as we open new buildings is on our frontline side gotcha gotcha um what, what advice would you give to property managers or, or, or organizations looking to make a positive impact in the affordable housing community uh, space you know i think for us it's um 
the biggest thing anybody can do for us, unless you've got a giant check to write, but aside from that, is really around advocacy. I think healthy, healthy cities and healthy communities have a mix of demographics and income levels. And, you know, inevitably, regardless of when we start a new building, there's always somebody in that neighborhood who opposes what we're doing. And so I think for us, it's just being a supporter and, and advocating for everyone to have a safe place to call home. And, you know, I think that it, it like I said, there's enough work to go around and, yeah. and, and it's, we shouldn't be competing with each other or opposing each other. I think it really is, how can we help each other? And, you know, if I'm more successful, then my colleagues will be more successful. So for us, I think it's all just supporting the need for affordable housing and, you know, yeah. and for diverse, inclusive communities. Amazing. And, and, and on that note, um, you know, where are the most pressing issues um, in affordable housing today? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, unfortunately, our our biggest one of our biggest challenges is around family housing. Hmm. So we've got a ton of families coming to our city thinking, you know, oh, you know, from a job point of view. Um, but really, if you come to Calgary, you should not come unless you have a place to live. Um, hmm. We've got uh, I was presenting, a, speaking at a conference and uh, at a hotel and one of the servers here in Calgary came up to me after and she said, oh, I heard what you're talking about. My husband works two jobs. We have two kids. I work here part time. My rent just got increased from 1200 to 2500 Can you help me? And so, and that's, and, you know, I, so I, I gave her some referrals, but at the end of the day, right now in Calgary, the supply is what it is. And yeah. so if, you know, if like that family could very well end up homeless, um, you know, if they, if they can't make their rent work or, or if they're not ending up homeless, they're making very difficult decisions. Like what, mm. what are they cutting back on? Is it, you know, food, is, you know, what something's got to get right. There's only so much money. So I think right now, um, unfortunately the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues in our city is around families oh, and finding affordable places to live. Oh, that's really sad to hear that. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, but it's the reality. Um, do you, um, do you imagine that will ever achieve, you know, a city of Calgary that, you know, is eliminated homelessness? I think practically, like there will always be emergency situations that come up, like they're, you know, whether it's um, fleeing domestic violence, whether it's, you know, lost, lost your job. So I think there'll always be a need for emergency housing. I think people will experience homelessness. I think our hope in terms of the future, or mine anyways, is that, you know, that's a very short term experience and that we can quickly house those people wherever is most appropriate. And so I don't I don't think you can ever completely eliminate homelessness because I think things happen and, and that's the way life is. But I think, uh, you know, our hope is that it's it's a short term experience and not like it's not a life sentence. You know, right. it's that, you know, we've yeah. got people in our shelters who've been there for 20 years. Um Wow. For lots of different issues, but yeah. I think that if we can shorten that time period, that that's ideal in our world. Yeah, that ma that makes a lot of sense. Like, I think you know the goal I, I would assume is that you're they, there always is another option. They don't have to be on the street. They have home yeah. space, right? Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Because right now, like you know, going back to these families, we work um, with some of our within from the coal, for example, and they're getting families coming into their shelter who are living in tents with children. So I don't, yeah. I don't know how as a kid, you wake up in a tent and go to school every day. Yeah. And so like, I, you know, that to me is just unacceptable in a city yeah. as wealthy 
and as successful as Calgary, that that's what we have happening. And, yeah. you know, we, and I, and I do think, you know, rent increases have a place for sure. We all see expenses going up. However, I think there's, you know, has to be some consideration that we also need to house people. Um, especially, you know, when we look at some of our, you know, minimum wage, uh, work that we need done in our city, like you can't afford it. And so right. what'll happen at that point? So I think there really has to be some acknowledgement that, you know, it can't be, you know, in this kind of environment where we have the family situation the way we do, our goal as a community can't be to maximize profits necessarily. Right. Yes. So, yes. In housing exactly. in particular and in, yeah. you know, food security and stuff like yeah. that. And so yeah. though, because quite often they go hand in hand, like I said, you know, people making tough decisions on, house security or food security. And so, you know, I don't think we can be successful uh, as a city with that, with that yeah. kind of environment. Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense. There, there needs to be a certain point where profit is not the, the most important dictator. Yeah, of, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, if you could recommend any book to any property managers that maybe, maybe want to get in the affordable housing world or, or, you know, maybe, maybe just a general book, um, doesn't have to necessarily be exactly property management, but any, any books that, that you would recommend, uh, to our listeners? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I don't think I put it on your, uh, your uh, question. You list didn't, here. or I would have like, <laughs> I worked at my library and, uh, you know, you talked about Malcolm Gladwell, like the tipping point is a really good one. Like it talks about just kind of, where where that is i think yeah. you know especially around affordable housing i think there's a ton of books out there right now really good ones on like indigenous housing because they're overrepresented mm. in the homeless population um there's also the the history of the calgary homeless foundation which is a super interesting read and mm. you know the evolution of that but um you know i think books are such a a, a personal thing and I, I don't think there's any uh kind of book that's kind of jumping out to me right now but i think you know i think it really depends on what part of it you're interested in yeah. um like i said if it's around you know uh, like i said the indigenous overrepresent there's tons of really good books for that but um these days i'm only reading kind of uh fiction because i just like when i have a break i just kind of yeah. take a break so we need that escape <laughs> once in a while that's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Um, where, where can our listeners uh, learn more about home space and maybe if they, they want to help out themselves um, and, and participate in, in home space's mission, where, where can they find, find you? Homespace.org and all of our information's there. And yeah, we, um, we love meeting new people and uh, yeah, we're always happy to put people to work and yeah. even, you know, again, like I talk about exploring um, relationship, new relationships and, you know, we're on the nonprofit side. So if there's, you know, property managers out there that have ideas around how we can be more efficient in our business, um, you know, we're always happy. One of our core values as an organization is innovation. And mm. I take it very seriously. So I, I say to our team all the time, I was like, if something, if, if you ever go, why are we doing that? I was like, let's question it. Let's try to yeah. do things differently. So yeah. yeah, we're always open to new relationships, new partnerships and, and new ideas to make our mm. business uh, more efficient. Amazing. Actually, talking about innovation real quick um, before before we wrap this up, I, it made me think um, Homespace was involved in a project where it converted uh, office space into residential uh, units for affordable living. Is that correct? That is. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that was. Uh... Can you tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So how that came about was during COVID, the federal government launched a program called the Rapid Housing Initiative. Hmm. So it's really meant to get people housed as quickly as possible. 
because during the pandemic, we did realize we did not have enough housing for vulnerable populations. And, you know, we had uh, people in the convention center trying to socially distance in a giant room. Um, So that was the intent of the program. Many uh, providers in in our space were looking at hotel conversions because all the hotels were empty and they were readily available. Uh, So what that did, though, is that really drove up the competition uh, Mm. on hotels. So we're basically jacking up the price Mm. and competing with each other, competing with other nonprofits. Um, So what we did at Homestays, we said, okay, if it's a conversion opportunities, what what else is out there? And at the time, Calgary had a 38% vacancy rate in the downtown core. So we kind of got out in front of the city's downtown revitalization strategy and, and found a property because... We weren't competing with anybody. We had yeah. a, we got a great deal on the property and yeah. we were able to do it in 12 months with a bunch of different partners. Um, and it was a super challenging project, but you know, it was again, not only good for the government because we're using a, a big portion of government funds. So we were spending less money. Yeah. It was good for the city to try to like to start bringing people into the core yeah. um, and good for the people we serve. So for us, it was such a, rewarding project because it hit so many boxes and you know i do think that people should live in the downtown core or should have an option to live in the downtown core if Mm -hmm. they want to and so yeah that um it was uh super challenging we get asked all the time it's like oh are you gonna do another one and right now my answer is absolutely not like not only was it super challenging but right now the cost of real estate in the downtown core is skyrocketed so for us it was a unique kind of perfect storm yeah. that allowed us to do it really cost effectively and really contribute to kind of influx of opportunities into the core. Yeah. Now, I think, you know, it's a bit, the Calgary's downtown revitalization, revitalization strategy is amazing. And mm-hmm. so I think all of that work is kind of uh, continuing on without us. So yeah. we'll look for more cost effective options. Yeah, it makes sense. Have you, have people come to you as a, you use this as a case study to do it in other cities or have you seen, um, other interests from from around the country to, to yeah we've actually had um, not as much from around the country because you know again it you, you need this kind of unique space of yeah. uh, high vacancy rate right you know we've got um, we've done some work with um, Toronto Vancouver uh, the Maritimes and stuff like that but not as much around the office conversions mm. where there's actually been more interested uh, interest in the office conversions from the US. Because oh. they do have some of the some of their cities that have you know qu- quite high vacancy rate, and right. we thought there still might be some more opportunities because we didn't know if people would be going back to the office post COVID, but they right. really are. Like what we're yeah. seeing is that there's really this yeah. demand to bring people back in and back together. Right. So I don't we're not seeing it as much in Canadian markets, um, but definitely um, in some of the U.S. markets, we've been asked to to speak and and um, share information, which we do. You know that's the one thing that anybody who asks us for our experience is I'm happy to share. I was like, what do you need? Do you need floor plans? Do you need spec sheets? Amazing. Whatever you need, because yeah. again, we can't do it all. And if we can help somebody else's life easier to do it, like we're happy to do yeah. that as well. Amazing. Very cool. Well, Bernadette, thank you so much for, for being on. It's, it's truly, you, you, you do such special work. Um, you know, you really impact our community and, um, you know, and I'm so, so proud to be able to, to work with you in, in the small capacity in that way and, and to have you on here. Um, thank you for everything you do and what, everything Homespace does. And, and uh, thanks for taking the time to, to chat with me. No, thank you. And thank you for your interest in Homespace and having me on and, and share our story and my story and, you know, and for being a great partner, because that's, yeah. that's what makes our lives successful. 
Amazing. Thanks so much.